0: Hello, here we meet again. My name is Huizemang. Welcome to my podcast, The Truth About Us, a channel where I talk about issues of everyday life in a way that will hopefully make you feel empowered the next time you have to deal with them. Today, I want to talk to you about healing our minds and bodies. I am going to talk to you about healing yourself in a more sustainable way. Let's start right away by breaking down the mechanics of mental health. To be human is to be a mind that has a body and directs this body through the physical environment. What the mind seeks to achieve with its body is to be happy. Happiness is the purpose of all life. It is the motivation that propels us to overcome all the challenges in life and live long. In that regard, the primary purpose of the mind is to help us to sustain ourselves and to realize the various forms of happiness that we could ever need all from within ourselves. The mind realizes this happiness either directly by itself or indirectly by using the body. The mind gives meaning to things and we experience those things according to the meaning we have associated to them. The body and the physical environment are both our secondary reality and for that reason, they provide an indirect way of realizing happiness, with the mind as being our primary means. The mind uses the body to gather information from the physical environment which it uses to determine if it serves our happiness. In that way, everything that happens within our minds, within our bodies and around us in the physical environment, all serves to provide the information which the mind needs to establish happiness. When we are happy in life, we want to continue to sustain it and to realize more of its happiness. Whereas when we are unhappy, we become unsure whether we have the ability to make ourselves happy and sustain ourselves. Having said that, let us now consider the subject of health in more detail. Now, remember that a human being is both mind and body, non-physical and physical instruments. And together, they give us the ability to realize happiness within non-physical and physical environments. Our good health is a measure of how well the mind and the body could collaborate in the pursuit of our happiness, the happiness of a person. The health of the mind is in its ability to attach meaning of happiness to the various things that happen within and outside of itself. Whereas the health of the body is in its ability to carry out the instructions of the mind and to bring from the physical environment all the information that the mind would use to determine happiness meaning in itself, is the extent to which the mind finds anything to be relevant to happiness. Now, since all the instructions of the body come from the mind, the health of our bodies will always depend on the health of our minds. Every time we have something beautiful to look forward to in life, such as wanting to live till we are a hundred years or so, we would be more inclined to live in a way that would allow us to reach that goal. The good health of the mind starts by knowing that happiness is our primary goal in life, and then entertaining only the thoughts and actions that would help us realize that happiness. The more we entertain empowering thoughts regarding our abilities as well as seeing evidence of the good things we are capable of, the more we gain confidence in our ability to create the happiness we need, and sustaining ourselves. A healthy mind is ever aware that its primary purpose is to be in harmony with every situation that it encounters. That is why the mind ever seeks to understand any idea or situation that it encounters. It is when the mind understands what anything is, that it can find a way to be happy with it. Happiness is created by how the mind interprets things in relation to what we believe to be our purpose in life. When the mind decides on creating happiness. It also decides on how to achieve it, whether directly by itself, when it has enough information within itself regarding that type of happiness, or indirectly by sending the body to gather more information from our physical environment. When we get served tea and we taste if it has sugar in it, that is when the mind sends the body to gather more evidence of whether our tea is capable of making us happy. Based on the amount of sugar that the mind expects to be in it, The mind gets to understand the various possibilities to be happy by using the body to interact with its physical environment. In that way, it creates more options by which to realize any type of happiness, beyond just the method it is using in that particular instance. For instance, when someone who has never drank tea before becomes keen to know what tea actually tastes like. firstly their mind would create its own expectation of how tea might taste like. And then, once they actually get to taste it physically, they would then compare its physical taste to their imagined taste and, based on that, they may either begin to like tea and drink it more regularly, or continue to not drink it if they are too disappointed by their experience. However, their mind would process the feedback they receive from that experience, and recall other things that gave them a similar experience in the past. The mind may then realize that the same experience as drinking tea could also be realized through something or other things, such as drinking water, milk, soft drink, beer, and so on. That is when it may realize that any of these drinks could quench thirst, and from that moment on, it would have learned one more way of realizing a particular kind of happiness, such as quenching thirst, The ability of the mind to create more options as it thinks is what enables us to realize that any method we may choose to resolve a difficult situation is just one of the many other possible solutions. The more we find these different options, the more we could find the one that is more appropriate for our situations and resolve our situations more sustainably. Any suffering that we experience in life, whether it is comfort, pain or hunger, is a delay in our happiness caused by insisting on solutions that may not yet be available where we are, that believe that we do not have options. Therefore, the more we perceive our solutions to be in the mind, because of all the things that we continue to learn, the more we can see these solutions becoming readily available whenever we need them. In that case, the instant availability of our solutions makes our happiness instantly available as well. The secret to healing ourselves, our minds and bodies, is in realizing that the mind is our primary reality and the root from which all the effects we see in our bodies and in our living environment emanate. This is how we begin to take control of all the available means through which we realize our purpose in life. Happiness is our purpose in life, and our minds, bodies and the physical environment around us Are all the means we have to live up to this purpose. The control that directs how we achieve happiness, using the means at our disposal, is within each one of us, in our minds. Our healing begins the moment we know ourselves to control all the faculties we need to restore our happiness, instead of regarding this control to be somewhere outside of ourselves. Whenever the mind is aware that problems and solutions are created within it, It begins to resolve the issues of our lives from the level of where they are created, within itself, instead of being preoccupied with the physical effects of these problems outside of us. Any attempt to resolve a problem from anywhere outside of the mind, creates an unsustainable solution, simply because it would fail to address the primary cause of the problem. All our preoccupations with physical things, and the attempt to alleviate the symptoms of our problems instead of addressing their causes, makes it ever clear that we often do not understand the primary cause and effect relationships within our reality, or recognize the mind as the root cause of our behavior and physical creations. We tend to regard the body as being independent and working on its own, and we can even separate a person's actions from the choices they are making within their minds. It is in such cases that we may force the body to perform an activity that only the mind can do, such as using a potentially dangerous tool like a lawnmower while the mind is absent from what we are doing, our typical absent-mindedness. In that case, we render the mind uncreative with regard to what the body is doing at that time, thereby making ourselves prone to accidents and endangering our lives. Going back to our tea example. If while drinking tea for the first time, we become too preoccupied with something else away from the tea we are drinking, the mind fails to process and learn from what we are doing, and to create for itself various options of the same experience. That becomes a missed opportunity, where we do something but we do not learn anything from it, and our options for happiness remain unchanged. The function of the body is to get information from the physical environment on behalf of the mind, while the function of the mind is to ever learn from this information and create more possibilities for happiness. That means, with every experience that we encounter, the mind needs to find ever more efficient ways of being as happy as it is in that situation. It is for that reason that whenever we encounter a person for the first time, they tend to be more of a stranger, but begin to seem more familiar and relatable with each subsequent encounter. The reason for this is, is a result of all the learning that we make until we finally turn a stranger into being a good friend. However, anyone that we meet for the first time, say in a bus, and we continue to ride the bus with them, and after a year, we still feel like they are strangers. That could only mean we have not applied our minds in trying to understand their relevance to our happiness, and in that way, they continue to remain meaningless to us, to our happiness. A disengaged mind can only result in lack of creativity, a state in which we repeat the same old solutions in life, because we are not creating any more. Routine solutions create habitual behavior, where we repeat the same solutions even when the problems we are facing are different. Using our minds to create more possibilities for happiness is our primary source of good mental health. The solutions we create provide us with the various options to be happy and, when we are happy, we are living in accord with the purpose of our being alive. Physical health, on the other hand, is the readiness of the physical body to carry out the instructions of the mind, such as to heal or to participate in the creation of our personal happiness. Even with the participation of the body in the pursuit of our happiness, it still needs to be borne in mind that our bodily abilities, the functions and the life-sustaining processes within it, all depend on the mind. How hormones are secreted in the body all depends on the various states of mind in which we find ourselves, or what we could gain control of and, whenever we want to, repeat them at will. Our states of mind affect what happens within our bodies, and it is for that reason that our physical illnesses are in fact caused by our states of mind or are psychosomatic. The problem with establishing the relationship of cause and effect between our states of mind and the health of our bodies is that this link cannot be properly observed from outside of a person, but only from within the same way that we may see someone sleeping and know they are dreaming but still not know what they are dreaming about. Physicians study the connections among the various processes within our bodies and the balance that needs to prevail among them for one to be regarded as healthy. They could use medicine to affect bodily processes by stopping them, speeding them up or slowing them down in order to balance one process with another. However, The primacy of the mind with regard to the realities of the physical body makes it necessary that each of us takes primary responsibility with regard to issues of our health and healing, with physicians needing to be a secondary level of intervention. This is because each person is the closest observer of the internal matters of their own health, which makes each of us the first to notice any changes happening within us, And that puts us in a position to have an immediate understanding of the cause and effect relationships between any discomfort and its likely cause. The power to alleviate any form of suffering within the body would then come from avoiding its cause and thereby restore our health. The issues of cause and effect with regard to our health can be observed with the things we do every day, which no one else would know of better than ourselves spinning on an office chair and using our feet to stop it, thereby straining our knees and ankles, eating certain foods such as too much sugar and slowing down certain processes within the body, or doing any kind of work without allowing the mind to learn how to do it more efficiently with each subsequent performance of it, are just some of the ways in which we may harm our bodies and compromise our health. At the same time, it is by realizing how we inflict harm to ourselves that we could heal ourselves by preventing it. It is only when we are not aware how we harm ourselves that we would then seek the help of someone else, such as a physician, who would then have to look into how we have caused the imbalance in our bodies and then help to restore it. Medicine can restore one's health. However, it is not sustainable because not everyone can access it due to the cost, distance, and other factors. Any form of human happiness that cannot be readily accessed makes our dependency to be unsustainable. This is simply because of all the hurdles we would also need to go through to realize it, such as the need to have money or to acquire whatever we may need from elsewhere in order to access the help we need. The gap between establishing a need and the actual realization of it is where our suffering is. It is for that reason that every time we learn something new, we become more empowered to make our solutions ever more immediate. And that means we need to learn to heal ourselves. If our own healing depends on us, we then have it available wherever we are. How do we heal ourselves? The process starts by thinking about the countless benefits of being well, whether to be able to participate in the activities that make us happy, or to live long enough to accomplish whatever we think our mission in life is. After that, it is about making the decision to be healed and letting that decision guide the various activities that we ever engage in, or to avoid in order to achieve that goal. Once we have decided to be well, we start to heal ourselves by being aware of how we cause our own ailments and then stopping to cause them. That means being aware of the thoughts that make us ill the things we do physically to injure ourselves, as well as the things we eat or drink which may end up harming us. Our bodies need the various elements found in our natural environment to help sustain us. We need vitamins, proteins and everything else that goes into the body to help a certain area of it. All the foods we eat go to our stomachs and then to our bloodstreams. Blood circulation is the primary way in which the various parts of our bodies benefit from the things we eat. It transports this nourishment to every part of the body in order to make up for any deficiency anyway. This is how we heal any form of discomfort, ailment, or disease. Pressure to push blood through the bloodstreams comes from a pumping heart. The more it pumps, the more blood moves to the various parts of the body. We ensure that the heart keeps pumping by realizing that, Just like all the muscles in the body, it has to be strengthened, and that happens when you regularly engage in physical activity. However, due to many reasons such as the jobs we do, we often do not engage in enough physical activity to strengthen our bodily muscles to function as they should. We then use exercise as a way to make up for this lack of activity. Sometimes the blood in our bodies does not reach every part of the body, resulting in numbness, cramps, delayed healing of wounds and other discomforts, other than just a heart that may not be pumping as well as it should. This may also be caused by anything that cuts off the flow of blood to that area, such as wearing very tight fitting clothing, applying excessive pressure to a particular part of the body, such as with a tightly done watch strap, tight shoes or shoelaces, sitting down for too long or sleeping on one side of the body for much longer, among others. In those cases, it would be helpful to avoid any excessive pressure on any part of the body, as well as to make sure that we engage in some form of physical activity. Moving around increases the heartbeat rate as well as enable blood to flow to every part of the body. Of all the inhibitions to the flow of blood in our bodies, Perhaps the most dangerous are those that happen incrementally within the body itself. Usually because of our lifestyles, the things we eat and drink, and the thoughts we choose to entertain in our minds. They are more dangerous because they cannot be readily detected since they occur in little ways and over a lengthy period of time. Eating too much salt can damage our blood vessels. While high cholesterol in the blood could cause a buildup of plaque within the blood vessels, The damaged or narrowed blood vessel could obstruct the flow of blood through them. When the artery that sends blood and oxygen to the heart is blocked, usually due to cholesterol and the high deposits of plaque on the inner walls of the artery, a heart attack could occur. A heart attack or stroke is, therefore, something that would have been long in the making before it actually occurs. It is, therefore, the decisions we take every day, such as deciding to be physically active, exercising drinking water, sleeping enough as well as choosing to entertain our more empowering thoughts that we could make a difference in whether we end up being ill or not. We can make a significant difference in our health by focusing on just a few things which we can do every day and eliminate the possibility of a serious illness or disease. Firstly, one could develop a lifestyle that makes them physically engaged, involving as much of our body parts as possible in the physical action. In fact, To be physically busy helps the body in many ways, such as increasing the heart rate to help the heart push blood to every part of the body, as well as cause us to sweat, something that could help us to reduce salt from our bodies, a key factor causing blood pressure, heart attacks and strokes to many people. It is important to make sure that the activities you engage in are not just done for the sake of it, such as running on a treadmill, but the kinds where the efforts we make end up resolving a few more problems in other areas of our lives. Secondly, make sure you use water primarily as your means of quenching thirst. Usually when we are thirsty, we may feel like we need some beer, cup of tea, soft drink, or any other drink, whereas that is a way of our body to tell us it needs more water to continue with its bodily functions. If we could primarily resolve this thirst with water, the need for any of the other drinks becomes less because the reason we drink a lot of them is simply an unknowing attempt to quench thirst or make up for the need for water in the body, resulting in more cups of coffee, tea, beer, etc. Like I have already mentioned, any of them could help to quench thirst. However, the more the chemicals in them, the more the filtering work that our kidneys will have to do. Our bodies are up to 60% compressed of water, and it is recommended that we drink, on average, between 2 or 4 liters of water per day in order to allow our bodily processes to function properly. And That means, if we exclusively drink beer, whiskey, or soft drink every time we feel thirsty, we would then need to intake as much as 2 to 4 liters of our favorite drink in order to make up for the daily requirement of liquids in our bodies. We may, as a result, end up creating problems in the other areas of our lives, such as increasing the acid in our bodies, developing tooth problems, alcoholism, gaining more weight than is necessary, saturating our bodily processes with sugar and slowing them down, thereby interfering with the healing process of the body, and many more. Drinking water is one of the most important decisions and crucial factors in the health of our bodies solely because it enhances the important processes of healing the body such as supplementing our blood volumes as well as helping with the internal cleaning process of our bodies. Finally, it is important to realize that illnesses such as heart attacks and strokes kill many people in the world across various age groups. They are called lifestyle diseases because they often come with a change in lifestyle. Our lifestyles depend more on our income, the more we have money, the more we pay other people to do the things we would normally do by ourselves, and for that we may become less physically active. This happens while also eating more of the various foods that our income makes us accessible to. The more we eat, the more likely our salt intake increases, and before long, we may start experiencing effects that are associated with blood pressure, or diabetes, and many others. Depending on what we then do, we may either correct the situations or make it even worse. High blood pressure, together with many other illnesses such as arthritis, depression and asthma, are all regarded as chronic illnesses. They are chronic because they last long, sometimes even for a lifetime. However, that does not mean they cannot be cured. The problem with chronic diseases is that they are based on our lifestyles or habits. Habits are the things we prefer to do much of the time every day. We tend to be overly attached to our habits because they are what we generally regard as our comfort zones, sometimes regarding them as who we are. However, the primary cure to all chronic illness is in our ability to change our habits. Whether the things we eat drink, the strains we make on our physical bodies or the patterns of thought that we usually engage in. It is only when we can see these habits as the cause of our illnesses that we can gain the power to heal ourselves more sustainably from them. I will end here for today. Please like and subscribe and send any comments you may have regarding anything that you hear on this podcast or that you read on my website and on my blog. For copies of my book We Are God, The Powers Within Us, please go to my website, oneppp.xyz, that is ONEPPP.xyz. dot X-Y-Z. or go to amazon.com. With that, I thank you. Until next time, in the meantime, have yourself a great healthy week, and goodbye for now.